Hey there, pod pals. Are you a print-on-demand creator looking to stay ahead of the curve? You want to know exactly when to launch your designs for every key season and event? How about a chuckle with an extra dad joke to brighten your day? If you said yes to any of these, then it's time to join the print-on-demand cast VIP list. As a VIP, you'll get our free annual design calendar, an amazing guide to help you time your creations perfectly throughout the year. And of course, we'll include a bonus dad joke each week as well. Signing up couldn't be easier. Just visit printondemandcast.com slash VIP and enter your email. Don't let another day of potential pass you by. Become a part of the VIP list, grab your annual design calendar, and let's dive into a year of inspired creating together. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. Each week, join Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print-on-demand industry and equip you with the tools, advice, and strategy you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's show. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Print-On-Demand cast. As always, this is Josiah, and I am joined by Travis Ross. Travis, how's it going, man? Once again, in your your palatial estate it looks like on the beach right on the beach so how's that going for you i'm a little jealous well you know after a busy q4 i like to get away um no actually we're right, right in, in the, the middle, middle of, of q4 yeah. uh, right in the middle of q4 i like to just run <laughs> so away. i'm not away yeah, <laughs> just i'm overwhelmed <laughs> and i retreat i retreat to yeah i mean would i pre- would i prefer to be on the beach in a really nice house Yes, um, but I wouldn't be making the money that I'm making right now. Can I get an amen? Yeah, well, you wouldn't be able to afford that house <laughs> if you just ran away <laughs> and went and hung out on the beach. Uh, people don't know. You're right. People you're don't right. know unless we uh, – I guess people behind the curtain were testing some new video uh, recording software to add a video element maybe to this podcast. So uh, if this drops in video form, you will know that it's actually just a green screen and you can see the Getty stock image on the left-hand corner of Travis's background. And <laughs> no, that it's not quite uh, – things are not quite as they seem. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, how's things going, Travis? You mentioned we're in the middle of Q4 and uh, – you couldn't have said a more truer statement. How is things going for you and make your mark in your new uh, your new business model uh, right in, right now in the thick of Q4? Yeah, it's going well. We're busy, obviously. Um, it's interesting because a lot of times we pre-record these things, um, you know, a few weeks even. I think at one point we had like four of these in the mm-hmm. can, so it was like a month before they actually released. But this one is actually, I mean, it's, yeah, uh, it's right now Saturday. it's December 5th. Yeah. Yeah, it's Saturday, December 5th, and I think this is getting released on Wednesday. And so we're really close to the time when we actually release it. So we can kind of um, – I'm fully expecting by Wednesday it's even going to be crazier. I was literally just looking at some sales numbers right before we uh, pressed record. And um, Monday is going to be really, really busy, <laughs> which I'm, I'm very thank, very thankful for. Uh, but I'm sleeping well every single night yeah. <laughs> because I'm exhausted by the end of the day, as I'm sure you can relate. How are things going uh, for you over I mean, there? Things uh, are, of course, just crazy busy, um, just trying to keep up with uh, the demand. Uh, Black Friday was really, really good for us. I'm sure it was for you guys, too. We got a lot of stuff coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, have some you know, Etsy clients that are literally I, – I, I can guarantee Monday morning we'll, we'll run – uh, the order summary for one of our Etsy clients and she'll have sold another 25 to 30 pages of stuff. Um, and that's, that's wow. the way it's been every Monday for the past three or four Mondays. I mean, she's just killing it. We have another guy that just launched. He's a TikTok um, personality and he's been open. He opened the store yesterday and he's got like 150 orders already. So it's going to be Monday's wow. going to be nuts. Um, so, but that's a good thing again. Otherwise, if we weren't busy, uh, we wouldn't be making the money that that we are going to be able to make, which is exciting. So, uh, but <laughs> a, as a little, I guess before we get into the main p- portions of the show, um, to kind of break up the monotony of of Q four, uh, my father in law and I, Jason, who I run the base, it's really weird calling him my father in law, and I didn't need to do that because there's no context needed. I could have just said Jason, the guy I run the business <laughs> with, <laughs> but I didn't. Uh, we went uh, to Aurora last night at uh, seven, no six thirty, to go to In and Out. 
we went to In-N-Out Burger because it's new there, and we stood in line yeah. for an hour and a half, uh, which was better than the four and a half hour wait that would have come through the drive-through. But um, that's nuts. Yeah, so that's what we did last night. Uh, we got there at six thirty, and we got our food. Uh, we got in the door probably around I don't know. 745, 8 o'clock ish. Got home like at ten thirty. I don't know. It was, it was worth it. <laughs> almost. You always feel. I always. You always feel bad. Yeah, but was know? it though? I mean, it was. Was it really worth it? In and out. It's always worth it. Um, it, because mm-hmm. it, it's really weird. We had this discussion last night. Like, how do you explain that there's not really anything super extraordinary about In and Out, but there's something extraordinary about In and Out. Like, how do you? communicate that it's a paradox. It's a paradox and to those people that say whataburger is better uh you're wrong it's okay to be wrong you can be wrong uh but i will never i've had whataburger and i might as well have been eating a mcdouble from the mcdonald's so uh there was Ooh. really nothing special about it to me compared to in and out fighting sure. words. i know and i'm sure like texans the, are, the are like they're like really pissed at you I right know, now and it's okay uh, the southern demographic of our listeners is going to be a little outraged, but it's a risk I'm willing to take because <laughs> In-N-Out is better. And you can voice your displeasure. Find us on social media, printonamancast.com, email us, <laughs> let us know what is better and why it's better. I just I just don't think – I mean, I agree. I like In-N-Out. In-N-Out is good, but I just don't think it's an hour and a half good well, you know, or two hours good. What else do we? I mean, what like else do we do on a Friday it, night? Well, There's nothing to do. Everything's locked down. People are not allowed to do anything true. with their lives anymore. Uh, that is true. So go stand, stand outside, outside in the cold in Colorado, in Colorado, <laughs> uh, where they want you to have Christmas too. By the way, outside in Colorado, and just be cold because uh, everything else is shut down. So, uh, but yeah, it was it was a good time. Will I do it again anytime soon? No. Uh, probably not. Yeah. Let's, let's just, we should go, we should go, but let's like wait a few months to when we can like just roll up, get out of our car, walk in order <laughs> and be done home. in 30 minutes. Can we do that? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. I mean, the next time I'll go, I have some family that are probably going to come down for new year's Eve. who have never had in and out burger. And so we might make the trek and mm. hopefully by that time, it's still not quite as long of a wait. Um, but I'm assuming that I'm guessing it'll be the next time I, I do that again. But yeah, I'm all about uh, doing it the normal way of just going to the drive-through and, and <laughs> getting your food and going home. Or you know, we we could like go every other we restaurant could go, in Colorado. <laughs> we could go uh, there and do like a on remote episode on location. We're waiting in line and just ask people questions about the directed garment print industry and see what they say while we're waiting in line for our food. That's a great idea. Uh, I think that'd be pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, I would I would be in favor yeah. of that. So, uh, yeah. So enough about uh, delicious cheeseburgers. Um, what do we have in store today, Travis? What is uh, this week's point of interest? Point of interest. Well, this week's point of interest is a little different than weeks past because um, before again before we we had a long conversation before we actually pressed yeah. record. Um, <laughs> And and we were just kind of swapping stories uh, about what's going on in our businesses. And um, one of the things that was kind of a theme, at least at first, was just um, what we're going to call apparel rants. Because getting apparel right now <laughs> in this country, because of COVID, because of Q4, it's the availability uh, is is shockingly yeah. difficult yeah. right yeah. now. And so, yeah, so we were just swapping stories and talking about how how COVID really has knocked out um, a lot of the supply for what we're doing. And and I, I'm actually curious. I mean, we're going to swap some stories here, but I'm also curious about it from our listeners if they're seeing this, even if they're like just doing drop shipping. Maybe there's like certain colors or certain sizes, certain styles or whatever that they're having problems getting, you know, just even drop shipped because – I really do feel like it's industry wide. I know you guys have been seeing that too, right? Josiah? Yeah, I, I was. I was telling you before we press record. Like, it, my Mondays are consumed recently with me scouring the corners, uh, the four <laughs> corners of the vendor internet, which is to say, you know, TSC, <laughs> Sanmar, Act, you know, Act, uh, uh, SNS, Activewear, and. Um, What's the fourth one that I'm blanking right now? 
Alpha Broder. Broder. Yes, I am just searching, especially back in October. Um, it was crew neck sweatshirts. Crew neck sweatshirts could not be found for the life of me. And in talking to mm-hmm. my rep at TSC Apparel, she was saying, "Yeah, we don't we don't really expect to get stock back until February of 2021." Um, Gildan's so behind <laughs> the eight ball; they can't keep up. We can't make uh. orders. And and meanwhile, you know, I, we have clients that are that are selling this stuff that we obviously you're. It's hard to keep track of inventory availability from your supplier if something changes, you know, overnight or over the course of two or three days. And it's it was uh, it's been maddeningly is that a word maddeningly frustrating uh, to try and find anything. So I, I'm curious as to, um, you know, what, what's your, what's your process in ordering now? Are you just, are you just bulk ordering? Cause I am, Ugh. when I find something in stock, I'm like, yeah. Hey Jason, I'm ordering as many of these as I can ever because we can't, I'm not, I can't right. rely on doing a one-off anymore. I've got to, I've got to order in bulk now. Yeah. Which I mean, ordering in bulk, uh, does, keep your shipping costs yeah. down because they, you know, most of these companies that have like threshold, a threshold of, if you reach, yeah, 200 bucks, 250 bucks, whatever it is, different, different companies have different thresholds, but you can get free shipping. So that's nice, but you're also putting cash out there that, you know, isn't coming right back in cause it's sitting on your shelves yep. in the form of inventory. Yep. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm like you, uh, the other, I mean, it's been a different item, you know, all every time. And so, you know, we're doing DTG and so you, you, you know, hoodies have been the, the pain in the butt for me. Yeah. Black hoodies, trying to find 100% cotton black hoodies that we – because, you know, it's hard to DTG on a 50-50, yeah. like 50% polyester, 50% cotton. Um, it's it's just not as vibrant because the poly doesn't absorb the, um, the ink the way the cotton does. That's, yeah. you know, just basically kind of a DTG thing. Um, and I know there are some po- – well, so we have only been doing um, – cotton you know mainly cotton based dtg i know there are some options out there for some poly based pre-treats yep. that allow you to print on poly and i'm at the point where my monday morning is is most likely going to be ordering you know a small quantity of that just to start testing uh, because I, I know right now, obviously, we need a ton of stock for q4 orders but i don't anticipate this like stop it, you know, Oh, well, Christmas is here. Well, we're fully stocked mm-hmm. again. You know, I don't no. think it's going to happen like no. that. This is going to move into like your, your rep told you some of these styles aren't coming back till February. So we're going to be dealing with this. So if I can also DTG some 50, 50 blends, uh, and have some options there because I've done my testing, I'm, I'm going to bite the bullet and even test right now in the middle of Q4, yeah. just so I can basically have more options to order uh, different products because man, it's just not there. I couldn't find a three XL black oh, hoodie dude. that was hundred percent cotton to save my life yeah, the other no, day. Honestly, the, the plus sizes, especially anything above XL lately for me, not just in hoodies, but, but including hoodies, crewnecks, t-shirts, whatever. Uh, once I had someone uh, reach out to me recently and say that they wanted to do a, a custom order, um, of five, five XL shirts. And I, I was like, listen, um, I'd love to help you. I'm going to have to put a line into my rep to see if she can tell me (laughs) what 5X shirts are available because I don't know Mm -hmm. the brands I know of, they they just don't exist. You know, soft styles don't go up that high. You're going to have to go to a given 5,000, 2,000, whatever. And they're they're very particular Mm -hmm. about wanting a soft style shirt. And I was like, well, it's going to be a needle on a haystack scenario. So I'm just going to see what I can find. Um, but it's, it's, it's insane. Plus sizes, all of it are just crazy. Yeah. Speaking of kind of quality of shirt, you know, um, one of the things that we also want to bring in, you know, to this little apparel rant session, (laughs) uh, is, is kind of that quality, the premium quality shirt and, and some of the comparisons because, uh, you even wrote it in our little in our notes. It seems <laughs> as though people consider Bella Canvas to be like the Apple 
of t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like they're the premium and they're the cool hip style that everybody wants, particularly on Etsy. Yep. It's like if you're not selling a Bella canvas on Etsy, you are not in the cool kids yep. club. Have you, yeah. you seen, have you felt that? I mean, you guys fulfill for people that do Etsy shops and things yeah. like that. Are you, are you seeing that? that yeah, trend? it's wild because and we were, we were telling you, but this was actually, you know, I, we had an idea for like a, like a bonus video content, something. But if you take next level and a bell on canvas and you rip the tearaway tags mm-hmm. off of them and you hand them to these, <laughs> these Etsy clients and say, find the bell on canvas, they're not going to be able to right. tell. Uh, because they're the same <laughs> shirt. It's like that's why I call it the Apple of shirts. You're paying a lot for the brand name, but the quality is just as good as you know the Android right. version, which would be next level. An Amer- American, American Apparel, Apparel. Bella yeah. Canvas Soft yeah. Style, or not Bella Canvas? Sorry, Gildan Soft Style um, is mm-hmm. is just as good, just as comparable. In some cases, for me personally. I like the way the Gildans fit better, the soft styles, than I do the Bell and Canvas. Bell and Canvas always mm-hmm. seems a little snug, which is a preference thing. Yeah. Um, but yes, people right. are, you know, always wanting, well, you know, Bell and Canvas is the brand. And trying to talk them off that ledge is, is, is a process to let them know, like, hey, look at, right. look at the data here. Like, it's, it's the same mm-hmm. material composition. It's the same manufacturing process. It's literally just, which is mm-hmm. kudos to Bella and Canvas for, for being able to, yeah. mark, you know, get the corner on that and, and, and make the perception be that they are the highest quality shirt that you can get. The premium. Yeah. yeah. Kudos to them. But, yeah, it's, it's funny yeah. having those conversations with people. Yeah, and it's it it also it makes it very very difficult when we're in like this global supply chain issue. You know, Bella is having just as many hard you know problems getting their stock out yeah. there um, than all the other companies. And so, what I recommend to print on demand, you know, my print on demand customers and people that I know in print on demand. Don't put on your listing that you send Bella Canvas. Right. Don't right. put on your listing that you send yeah. Next Level. Don't, or, don't, don't pigeonhole don't, yourself don't, that way. Yeah. Yeah, don't pigeonhole yourself because what if you can't get that style in that yeah. size and or yeah. in that color? What do you yeah. do then? Do you cancel the order or <laughs> right. do you send a next yeah, level that's exactly right. the same? You, reach, you have to reach out uh, to the customer. You know, exactly right? the, you the same shirt. Them, hey, and then have that conversation. Or we're, Jason and I were having this conversation earlier with that Etsy client I was talking about earlier of just saying, hey, put mm-hmm. premium 100% ring spun cotton t-shirt in your description right don't put a brand name on it don't put that don't because you're just putting yourself and your supplier and your manufacturer uh you know your your fulfillment Mm -hmm. partner in a bind when you are trying to get them to to produce a specific brand and this is something that is really just one of those one of those things for me that is an unexpected um collateral damage situation due to covid I, i for some reason when the lockdowns and stuff were 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 announced at the first round, um, I never, for whatever reason, had the thought that it would affect the supply chain for what we do. Mm. And so, if if you're right. out there and you're listening, um, and you're a fulfillment partner, or you have a fulfillment partner, or you're a customer that's shopping, please extend grace to these to the people that are doing this <laughs> process because. I know myself and as are you, Travis, mm-hmm. we're, we're breaking our backs trying to figure out suitable replacements for, for these things that just aren't being able to be found yep. at the moment. Right. It's taking so much more time to order than it was even you know a month ago, even, especially like pre-COVID or, or early yeah. COVID. It was so much easier. Like here last year to this year, there weren't stock issues. You know, I mean, I know you guys get um, your stuff from TSC, which is yeah. um, they do have a facility here in Denver. We get a lot of stuff from TSC too, right. and that was pretty much your only supplier for for apparel, at least as far as as far as I understand, because they had everything. You didn't need yeah. to go to yeah. Sanmar or right. Alpha Broder or SNS Activewear and, or any yeah, of the other guys, and because they're just so they're so close. Like we've we've had yeah. that discussion. Like they. We can order something it, by five o'clock on a Tuesday and get it the next day. Yes, yeah, they so, ship fast. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. And so now we have to manage expectations a little bit, which is sometimes a hard conversation to have with with people. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, 
I know we said five to ten, but we're gonna have to push it out to ten to fourteen or whatever. Just because, like, I, even now from TSC, I'll order stuff. I, I order stuff from Oregon and California a mm-hmm. week and a half ago that showed up yep. on my door yesterday. Yeah, like the lead times are shot to hell. Like, oh, I know. Not, it's not just a three day, four day turnaround like it used to be. Now it's right. like a hurry up and wait scenario. So now I'm tr- again managing expectations. And it's yeah. it's super super hard to do when none of this is in our sphere of control. You know, it's like there's yeah. nothing yeah. we can do about it. Right. Yeah, it's the same thing for us. We we I put it in order on Tuesday morning from Alpha Broder. Uh and normally the stuff, you know, it ships same day or the next day, and then it takes a couple of days, you know, depending on which warehouse it's coming from. Right. Um, but I checked yesterday afternoon and those orders were still in picking. They had not even shipped yet. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, yeah. and I had already, I put in a second order, <laughs> um, since then. So I have like two orders at alpha Broder, one from Tuesday, one from Friday. I have no idea when I'm going to get that stuff, you know? So I have customers waiting. Um, like you said, managing ex- expectations during this time yeah. is, is almost impossible. Yeah. It really, it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Yeah. It's. <laughs> It's hard. So all of that to say, uh, I think this was cathartic for us to just have an apparel mm. rants. This might be a recurring, <laughs> maybe an alternate segment. Point, point of interest one week, apparel rants the next week. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Just just have patience out there. And if you are if you're a, a, a fulfillment partner for people that you're listening, you understand the struggle. Um, but it is something that for some reason customers. Uh, and and fulfillment partners alike didn't think that it would be a ramification of, of COVID, but it it yeah. certainly is. It certainly is. I'll say I'll say one more thing. I, you know, I was talking to Mike actually uh, the other day about this stuff, and and yeah. one thing that he he pointed out was it's it's very possible that you know like a merch by Amazon or a Zazzle or somebody that has a massive buying power, you know, basically yeah. saw this coming and said, "I'll take." all of the black 100% yeah. cotton hoodies that yeah. you have Gildan or or next yeah, level or whoever they yeah. you know yeah. and 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 so all all of us guys that are just fighting for table scraps you know all the smaller yeah. guys um you know are kind of just out there you know trying to figure it out and trying yeah, to make the best of it. That, that's a great point because i had a conversation with a client of ours and he was he wants to launch hoodies and and uh, nerds clothing, who I think I've referenced a couple times here on the show, he wants to launch a lot of his stuff that he's doing onto onto hoodies, and mm-hmm. I had to tell him like, listen, man, you know, here's here's the price we can do, but also I need to bring your attention to the fact that availability is shot, and it might yeah. be that way regardless of where you go at the moment. And, but but they, but then again, you know, Amarage by Amazon's the Printfuls. I'm not too sure if Printful does it all in house or if they outsource their product, their fulfillment to other, you know, print on demand companies as well. But I think Printful does it all in house. Printify f- or shoot shoots it out to right. other places. That's right. Okay, so maybe Printful was one of them too. That again saw it coming and they just yeah bulk purchased. You know, because they they can they have that buying power. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how things continue to develop in the, in this. In this particular area of business, and I'm I can only hope a man can hope that <laughs> things are going to get a little bit easier um, as things go on. But uh, anything yeah. else, Travis, for this week's uh, point of interest or apparel rant, as it were? <laughs> no, I think that's about it. It you know just if you are a drop shipper, um, maybe this helped you have a little insight into mm-hmm. what your suppliers or what your, you know, Our production partners are yeah. going through. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, with that, we will, uh, transition out, uh, in the best way we know how, and that is with a, uh, a bumper, a sound cue for this week's main event. Main event. Who's calling? So the main event this week, Travis, something that is is uh, important, especially during Q4, to mm. have a good hold on, uh, have a good grip on, and have a good system in place to do it. And we're talking about or, or, odor, not odor, man, odor, 
That was surprisingly hard to say. Order flow management. I don't know what just happened. I need to check. I need to take my pulse to see if I had a stroke there for a second. But no, order flow management, not odor flow. Although you probably manage that good too. If we had a sponsor, it'd be a perfect segue to like Axe or Old Spice, but we don't. Uh, so uh, <laughs> order flow management, Travis, talk to us a little bit about um, – you know, the process starting with the channels where customers can buy items and how you kind of get all of those orders. If you're selling on multiple channels, Amazon, Etsy, Walmart, yep. Wayfair, blah, 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 how you get all those things into one spot to begin the order flow process. Yeah. So, um, we, we kind of pregame this a little bit and we've got this order flow management broken down into, you know, a few different, um, bullet points, if you will. And obviously the channels is the first thing. And then once, once the, the customer actually purchases the item, so you might be selling on Amazon and Etsy right. and your own Shopify store and, you know, Walmart and yep. Wayfair or whatever. Um, it doesn't necessarily matter because um, if you're selling on that channel, you're going to be either a checking that channel every day or you're going to have set up some type of production flow to where all of those channels flow into one place that you can like easily see right. all of your orders that you have. Right. Um, so it starts with the you know the channels, and then it gets into your production flow, your actual like how you're going to fulfill that or make this product or get it made or whatever. Right. Then it moves into fulfillment. Then it moves on to you know tracking that order, uh, returns, refunds, customer service, you know, and then. Um, and then we jokingly said at the very end, uh, when you get that return, you can throw the package against the wall and disgust, um, not necessarily recommended if it's a coffee mug, but no, uh, you know, Especially <laughs> hoodie, if it you happens, probably get away with it. There's always the instances where, I mean, for us, and I, you can probably attest to the same thing. You'll get a return and you'll open it and there's nothing wrong right. with that item. <laughs> And so in your frustration, you may be tempted to throw it, but don't because it's still perfectly a good mug. You can resell it next time that item sells or whatever or however you exactly. handle that process. But, yeah, uh, you are te- you're usually tempted to, to just chuck it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so once you've got your channels, you know, you got your sale, um, it does – it moves into that production flow, that first phase of the order flow. Yeah. Um, and it re- it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, depending right. on your business model, how right. this portion of uh, of the order flow happens, because right. if you're drop shipping, obviously it looks different than if you're in house. You know, sure, sure. So, so if you're so if you're drop shipping, um, you know, you're you may be logging into Etsy and you see, oh, I've got five new orders or whatever, right. and then you need to take those orders um, either. Sometimes maybe for some of you it's manually. You're going to literally copy and paste the orders into your, you know, um, production partner's fulfillment website or or email or however you do that, sure. um, and get all of the art and everything over to them. Um, you might have a somewhat automated system to where, uh, so for example, if it's a if it's a custom thing, maybe you have to print that art or I mean not print it. You have to create that art. So right. it's like. You know, you need to put the name on there or the date on there or whatever, and then upload that or attach that somehow to the order. Yeah. Um, at or if you are selling more kind of evergreen things that don't change, they're not customizable. Maybe you have um, a, a sheet like we talked about a few episodes back that has like all of your SKUs with right. all of your art links, and so yeah. anytime this SKU sells, this is what the art is, and then you just have to tell them what the product yeah. it's going on, you know? Right. Um, so that's the drop shipping example, but that's kind of the production flow from that perspective. Um, yeah. for in-house production, it can be a little different. Josiah, how do yeah. you guys handle uh, the in-house production? Yeah. So typically what we'll do is, and we'll talk about, uh, ship station, uh, shortly, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. kind of jumping ahead there, but all that we have, all the orders kind of poured into a, to a system, uh, ship station that, and then we take the the order summaries and we we print them out and we give them to our production team and what we'll do is they'll go ahead and pick all of the inventory for that set of order sheets or order summaries mm-hmm. so you know starting from the the last page stack all the inventory that you're going to need and then get going and the art 
is is saved, uh, you know, we have client folders, so they know if it's an Amazon, it's an AMZ, and then it's the design name. If it's, uh, you know, farm to table creations, it's FTTC, then the design name. So they know how to search it uh, when it comes through. And then mm-hmm. once that's all done, we move it in. We, of course, create a batch in ShipStation, put the number on there. So at the, when everything's produced, we'll go back, print the labels out, attach them, and then the shipping department will go ahead and just start packaging and shipping everything. Um, that's mm-hmm. uh, from a Deco Network perspective, like we talked about uh, Deco Network a few weeks back. Uh, Deco Network's a little bit different. We'll still print the order summaries from ShipStation, but the production team follows along in Deco. They pull it up on a screen, and they just download the art that is with the order because Deco Network actually keeps the art file with the order through every stage of the the, the process, basically. So, um, but that's that's how that's how we do it here in house. Mm-hmm. Um, order summaries. Yeah. Uh, how about you? How, what's your fulfillment process for you guys over there at Make Your Mark? How do you guys uh, get yeah. everything done in house there? It's it's pretty similar to what you guys do. Um, so with with some of our stuff, a lot of times we'll use uh, we'll use packing slips in, instead yep. of order summaries. Sure. Um, so we'll we'll print we'll print a pick list similar to you. So they, they pick all the stuff and then, um, they have the, uh, the packing slip that actually shows what this particular, you know, what color it is, what size it is, what product it is. Um, and, and so we have a, we have a server that, um, we access that has all of our print files on it and has all of our shipping information on it. All all of those things are, are, kind of on the server and so each of our operators from our different departments will go in they um they get all of the shipping information so they know and the pick list and everything and then they have um in the other folder for the print files they have like who what it is who it's for and what the print file is um so each of those things and then they like you they load up you know four five six if it's DTG, you know, uh, in, in the queue and start printing and they, they, like you said, they stack them from the back and, yeah. um, they'll, they might pre-treat all of them and then start printing, you know, one after the other, after the other, it just moves down the line. Um, typically we, we pack kind of as we make them, because if we waited until we made everything, we wouldn't have any room, particularly sure. with like sure. sublimation and, you know, drinkware and stuff. Yeah. So we kind of have to pack as we go. We do, like you said, we do them in batches. So, um, we might not print like, I mean, right now I think in ship station, um, you know, I've got several hundred orders, you know, and this on Saturday at noon, um, right. you know, so on Monday, I'm not going to print out 300 orders and that's just for, you know, stuff I'm fulfilling. That's just sublimation. Um, that doesn't count all my other co- clients and stuff, but, but I'm not going to print 300 orders right then. Sure. We'll do them in batches of maybe we'll do all, you know, like 50 11s and then we'll do 50, 15 ounce mugs. And then we'll yeah. do all of the multiple orders and we'll batch them out kind of like that. Um, but it, you know, it's, it's not only a mixed bag, depending on the business model, I think it's a mixed bag depending on your, um, you know, how many departments you have, how many orders you have, um, how many, like what your layout of your actual facility is. There's just a lot that, um, goes into kind of deciding how you're going to produce this stuff in house. Um, cause it does, it, it definitely affects, your pack, your next step, your fulfillment part, your packaging and your labeling. We were talking earlier, you know, um, with the COVID shortages of, of, uh, apparel, it also applies to boxes, (laughs) you (laughs) know, um, I, I, we've had some shortages on some boxes that we've been using for coffee mugs and, and drinkware and things. And so we've had to pivot, 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 pivot. There it is again. There it is again. Sound effect. (laughs) (laughs) We've had to to pivot uh, from what we've used in the past and find new boxes, which means that you've got to then kind of do some drop tests. You got to well, how many things of bubble wrap am I going to use? Am I going to use packing peanuts or not? Or what you know, whatever right. the thing is for you, right. you got to figure it all out again because it's a new it's a new system. Yeah, and we so you always got to kind of be hard. flexible. Yeah, it's, we're talking about it's hard to to find something that will not break your stuff and also not break your bank account. And you have to find that <laughs> that happy medium of of affordable because right. there's so, there's some stuff that it's like 
you know, oh man, this is awesome. Look at this styrofoam packaging. Like I got a mug mm-hmm. um, from um, a loud or Steven Crowder. I ordered a, a mug and the packaging mm-hmm. it came in was super cool. And I was like, man, this is awesome. We should look at it. And it's like, well, that's actually kind of expensive. And I'm not sure why they're doing it that way. Like, that's really pricey. It's safe, <laughs> but it's also very yeah. expensive. So there is that that happy medium. You and I, I think you still use uh, Todd, right? For your for your um, yep. box for making new way packaging. New way packaging. He's awesome. We have we have our manufacturer, uh, and so it's 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 a good relationship to have. And it's again something you don't necessarily yeah. always think about. Right. Yeah, because I mean that, and that does obviously roll into the fulfillment portion of the order flow management. Right. Um, you know what kind of packaging are you going to use? But you, you still got to get this because you got to get this product to the end customer. Sure. Um, and so, so there's a there's a few things that you can use. We we mentioned um, ShipStation earlier, and we'll talk yep. more about that because there's a whole lot of cool things we want to share about that. Yeah. Um, but if you're just using you know, if you're drop shipping, you, you don't necessarily need ShipStation because you can no. use the marketplace fulfillment. So if you're on Amazon, there's Amazon buy shipping. If you're right. on Etsy, there's Etsy shipping. If it's you're on Shopify, Shopify. there's Shopify yep. shipping. Yeah, there's all of these marketplace, you know, kind of integrated into the marketplace. So if you want to every day go, you know, open up five channels, um, you know, and use that particular marketplace shipping you can do that you could also um use uh, a company called pirate ship which yep. not a lot of people have heard about but yeah, i just, um, from uh, what I just I've heard about heard, it today because you, you brought up yeah. my attention but yeah yeah I, I have some friends that use that um because you know they're they're not doing a lot of orders they don't necessarily need ship station um pirate ship is free it's it's um the other one is stamps.com and i think i think from what i can gather i've not used pirate ship but from what i can gather it's a it's a direct competitor to stamps.com but i I could be wrong there but they from what i understand they're really great they've got good rates and it's really an easy interface to navigate um but you could also use those if you didn't want to use the marketplace fulfillment uh but then for a monthly fee you can kind of move up the chain and use ship station which is uh which does tie to your stamps.com account. Right. And so basically you buy, when you buy shipping in ShipStation, it just debits, well, it basically buys it in stamps.com right. yep. in the back end. Yep. And it's um, something that when you're, if you're selling, you know, you're not drop shipping, maybe, you know, this and you're still selling on the Etsy's and the Walmart's and the Shopify's and you have a lot of different platforms. ShipStation mm-hmm. just brings those all together in one place as opposed to, going yeah. to Shopify using their buy shipping and Amazon's buy shipping and Walmart's buy shipping. You just, just kind of consolidates all of that into one yeah. spot and makes it really easy to see what sold, where it sold. And you can just print right. it all and print out the pick list or the packing slips or what have you. And, and it's all in one yeah. place at one time. Tell us a little bit, Travis, cause you were telling me before we recorded, because in, in my situation, uh, I have a couple clients that are doing Shopify stores. I think I have three or four clients that are doing Shopify stores. And at the moment, I'm doing the painstaking process of logging into the back end of each of them and uh, grabbing the stuff that we're supposed to fulfill, which is doable, but it's not efficient. So it's one of those work uh, smarter, not harder. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's one of those work smarter, not harder things um, Mm -hmm. that that we're talking about here. But you can set a lot of rules in ShipStation from different platforms, from different stores to say, hey, don't import this only import this right. if it matches these criteria so tell us a little bit about those those rules that ShipStation has to offer because it's it's very interesting to see kind yeah. of the minutia that you can get down into when you're on ShipStation. yeah so i mean first of all ShipStation is a like you just said it's a it's an incredibly robust tool um it's very very beneficial i think to somebody who's yeah. doing their own production and it's it's tiered in such a way that it's not super expensive if you're not shipping a lot of things and you still get pretty much all of the functionality right. um that you would get with you know a higher tiered account or you know you're paying more monthly or whatever but right. like like you alluded to so so what it does it takes all of the all of these different channels that you're selling from and brings them into one place and so on the left side of ShipStation, you've got your um on your orders section, you've got all of your different channels and it lists them right there. And so, um, 
if you're doing all of your own, you might see Etsy, you might see Amazon, you might see Walmart, you might see Shopify. Um, if you have a couple Shopify stores, you might have Shopify one, Shopify two, whatever. But if you have, like you guys are doing, multi, you know, clients that have Shopify yeah. stores, you can also tie them in there, which is super, super cool. And you can use these automation rules, which is um, amazing when, so, so what, what the, the, the problem that we're trying to solve with these automation rules is like, well, hey, I want you to fulfill all of my T-shirts, but I I make this little thing that I sell and I make it myself. I don't obviously I don't want you to fulfill that because I make that. Can you just fulfill my T-shirts? Well, of course I can. And then through automation rules, you can go in there, say I want to import this Shopify store, but I and then I want to create a rule. Yeah. That selects that particular marketplace. So let's call it Shopify One. So the marketplace. So I'm even looking at the actual rule right here. It says this test rule or this Shopify rule, whatever you want to call it, only apply yeah. these actions to every order that matches specific criteria. So I, the marketplace equals Shopify One. Then you have item SKU that I can. So the you know the next criteria that it has to meet it the item SKU equals right. and I can just do that for all of the SKUs or I could say the item SKU starts with or the item SKU ends with and I can put like you know like if it's a T-shirt the item SKU starts with TS or something like that right. to where all of their SKUs that start with the with TS are going to be then moved to the next section of the rules. Um, right. And so you can say, as orders are imported, apply the following criteria. And one of the things you can do is you can say, don't import it. <laughs> do right. not import the order if it doesn't start with whatever right. or, or whatever. So it's very robust. And that's just like one part <laughs> of ShipStation that I think is really cool. But in your case, it's going to come in super handy because you've got yeah. – you know, all of these clients that have their own Shopify stores, you can import them all. Right. And actually, then- yeah, I, I was looking, I'm looking here as well. And, uh, the, to the, at the create a rule section, and it looks mm-hmm. like you can do the, you know, only apply these actions to orders that match specific criteria. You add the criteria. There's actually a store that you can pick and then you can pick a, spe- yeah, like you said, a specific store, so now I can open up in my list, you know, all these stores that we fulfill for. I can apply mm-hmm. which store I wanted to to adhere to, yes. to or not. So it's that's which is something that I I wasn't aware of. Uh, you know, I just use ShipStation to process orders and print out the order summaries, and you know, do all of that stuff. But not necessarily have I ever figured into drilling it down so finely that makes my life easier. But hey, that's what technology yeah. is supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then and um, as we kind of move down the chain of fulfillment or move up the chain, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, whichever whichever that means. Do you know by yeah. the way, pricing wise, if people are looking at um, ShipStation, do you know what the pricing is? Yeah, I can I can quick find that a Google machine there. Um, I want to say it starts at like nineteen ninety nine is like the cheapest well, one. Do you have it pulled up there? Yeah, if you go to ship, it's uh, pricing here. A starter is nine dollars a month, and it looks like it's tiered by the number of shipments that you're going to do, um, right? In a month, and of course, you get more users. So it starts at nine dollars a month for fifty sh- fifty shipments per month, um, and you can add you know your own logo to labels and packing slips, so on and so forth. Then it goes mm-hmm. to twenty nine. For 500 shipments, 49 for 1,500, 69 for 3,000. So the cool thing is, is that it grows as you grow. Is is the exactly. cool thing. So if you're only doing less than 50 ship, 50 shipments a month, you can pay that 10. dollars You'll be making that 10 dollars back in the stuff that in you're time selling. saved, right? And in time <laughs> saved. And you know, as you grow and you start, oh, well, now I'm selling 100. Okay, cool. Now it's 29 a month. And so as you get more. Orders, you get more income, you get more profit. You're justifying the the raise in, in yeah. expense for ShipStation. So it's really cool that they that they've tiered it in that way. Yeah, and then the other thing I'll say about about that way of growth is, it, I always say, you know, 
you you want to build now for where you want to be. Sure. And so if you get in on the $10 a month plan and you only have 50 orders that you're sending out a month, don't, you know, first of all, don't buy small beginnings. That's awesome. But what sure. you'll do, what you'll find yourself doing is you'll start learning more about ShipStation and tweaking perhaps some of your internal systems to where it works better with the way you're using ShipStation. And sure. so when you start having 100, 200, you know, 500, 2,000 orders, you will have grown organically to where ShipStation is just kind of a part of what you do. And and your SKU structure and the way it's all organized is very intuitive to the way you do business. So um, 10 bucks, man, that's that's really, really cheap and, and a great way to get started with, in my opinion, one of the most critical tools if you're doing your own production. 100%. Um, in-house. Yeah. So uh, the next step up from ship state, well, it's not a step up. It's kind of something that you could also use in, in particular in your uh, scenario. It's something that I'm looking into. Um, it's a software called order desk. And of course there's plenty of other softwares out there that kind of have similar functionality. I've been on the other side of order desk where I've been a customer of, a, of when I was doing drop shipping, right. the, cus- the company that I was using used order desk and it was incredibly beneficial to me. Um, cause what order desk, so the problem that you're trying to solve with order desk is that if you're doing what you're doing with multiple clients and you're bringing them all into your ship station, they don't have any visibility necessarily into sure. what they're shipping and what the tracking is unless they send you an email and say, hey, wh- when did this ship? How does that, you know, uh, or I mean, it can go back to their it, it, it will eventually make its way back to their channel and they can look it up there. But in that middle time, there's really no visibility into what's going on with their products. With order desk, you give your clients an basically a portal that they can look at their own orders. They can get information. The other thing is they can attach artwork to their orders. So let's say you have a customer that does a ton of custom stuff on Etsy. Well, every morning them or their VA can log in and upload the custom artwork to each order. And so then it'll tag it. You know, you can tell it when this particular you know, person does something from order desk or this skew or whatever comes over right. into my ship station, tag it like this. And then you can see, Oh, this has a black tag. That means I go to order desk for the artwork. There it is. Um, there's a lot of benefits to order desk beyond that, uh, that I don't know outs of the, the business side, because I sure. was, again, I was like a client that was using it, but it was very, very handy. Um, and I was able to, like, at one point I had, uploaded a spreadsheet that basically mapped all of my SKUs to my art files. So right. whenever I would sell something, I didn't have to touch it at all. The art link would attach itself to the order and order desk. Then it would push it over to my drop shippers ship station or whatever pl- pl- platform they used for sure. internal fulfillment. And the operator who was making my product had the art file right there attached to it. I never touched it. It was really, really cool. Yeah. So that's kind of the next step up, I think, in a fulfillment company's, so or at least me, in my fulfillment company's dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Let me ask you, um, is this something, because I've looked into this, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. because I know with our situation, I'm trying to find something that is suitable um, mm-hmm. to help with what we're doing. But, but let me ask you, um, what is... Is this something that you add or that you use in conjunction with a Shopify or sorry, a ship station, or can yes. you process all the orders from Orderdesk itself? It, you have to have both. So I yeah. Orderdesk basically allows me to give my client a portal. They can connect all the platforms that they're selling on and then they push it to my ship station or whatever they mm-hmm. say is to be pushed is pushed. Is that, is that, am I understanding that correctly? So it's not a, it's not an either or it's a both and type scenario. Yeah. Yeah. So order desk doesn't have any internal shipping. It doesn't tie to stamps.com or it doesn't have any buy shipping ability, okay. but the benefit okay. that you get, yeah, the benefit I think that you get is let's say you have 10 clients and all of them have five different channels that they sell on. That's 50 channels or 50 stores that you have pushed into your ship station. If you use order desk, that's only 10 channels. Because you, you know, does that make sense? Because you would tie them to order desk to all filter into order desk in that particular customer's um, right store or you know order desk 
account, and then you would port Orderdesk into your ship station so you would have one place to get all of their stuff instead of five different stores inside of your ship station. Okay. So it okay, keeps yeah, 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 yeah. keeps your clients organized as well. Yeah, and so and so from from the order desk portion, they push any orders to the uh, cuz from what I understand, order desk is like an umbrella where we would be the umbrella and then under the umbrella is all these different clients that we're offering or giving access to what they're what they're able to see or you know orders to import. When they send it to us, it would just then automatically show up on our ship station so that and the, and the benefit of, of it aside from you know because like you said i guess you could technically go in and add all five platforms and add specific rules mm-hmm. for all five platforms but again right. it's labor intensive but the benefit right. that you're seeing and that you're saying for order desk is that now my client has visibility to see the tracking when it shipped all that stuff mm-hmm. they don't have to ask me yeah and then the other thing is, is that you don't have to necessarily set rules for all of those different stores. You just set the rules for that one order desk sure. because most people are ship are selling, you know, they're selling this T-shirt with the same SKU on Amazon and the same SKU on Etsy. It's the same thing. So if it comes in, if it comes into their fulfillment partner, or you know, we don't care what the SKU is, yeah. <laughs> you know, which which place they sold it. Um, it's just going to be i mean it's the same shirt or the same mug or the same picture or whatever it is we're just printing it um we don't necessarily care which fulfillment channel they actually sold the the product on yeah okay so yeah i mean it's something again i don't know a whole lot about it i I know it from from the the customer side and it was very beneficial to me and so it makes me excited as i bring on customers i want to figure that out for them so it's um you know, so it makes sense for for them, and so that they can benefit. And it it just bring. I think it makes onboarding a little easier um, because it's going to be the exact same things, the same process for every single person we onboard. Right. Uh, you know, to have their own order desk and and yeah. So we'll see how it goes, and we'll see. Um, maybe we can do an update after we you know kind of delve into this a little further and understand yeah. it a little more. Yeah, no, of totally. course, there's going to be limitations. <laughs> there's going to be challenges. There's going to be frustrations. There's going to be, well, why doesn't it do this? And, um, but that's, that's what that's, software does wow, that's or that's what is. software yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so, yeah, I'm, I'm interested as well. Um, and, and that's something that I'm trying to wrap my mind around, um, yeah. for the clients that we have. So I feel like that that'll be interesting to do updates and, and kind of <clears throat> bounce ideas off each other because I think that is something that is important. If if you are a drop shipper that has or a fulfillment partner that has multiple people using yeah. your services, this seems like a good way to do it. And pricing wise, just pulling it up here real quick, um, it looks like the starter is twelve dollars a month plus twenty five cents per order, um, up to three integrations, one user, uh, and then it goes to forty dollars a month plus five cents an order, unlimited integrations. Uh, unlimited users and then a hundred months plus a hundred dollars a month is the plus version plus three cents an order unlimited integrations unlimited pro stores so i understand that to mean that they charge um three cents or five cents yeah per order on top of the, the monthly fee basically yeah 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 so again kind of a, a grow with you as yeah. you get bigger yeah. um yeah, it's a cool it it's a cool uh, uh, software. I'm excited to kind of delve into it and hopefully understand more about what it does. So back yeah. to the order management yes, that was a, flow. That was a uh, educational <laughs> rabbit hole that we just went <laughs> well. That was yeah, good. but it's it, it, good it, it definitely is part of that you know that order flow, and it's I mean it's kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit more, get a little bit more in depth about what ShipStation can do and. And and part of that order desk conversation is like where I plan to go, and so you know it's it's good to get it out there into the universe, and yeah. you know you guys can like we were talking about last week with goals, you can kind of keep me accountable on on how how that right. goes. Yep. So the next the next step is kind of the um, you know it's on the way to the customer. There there's there's tracking that's involved. Um, there's the the inevitable customer service question: Where's my stuff? <laughs> 
Um, you know, there's the potential for a return, uh, a refund or, Hey, my item broke, or, you know, there's a hole in this shirt or what, whatever. So, um, to take us through kind of what you guys do with on the customer service side of the order flow management. Sure. Um, and then maybe I'll chime in if I have, you know, differing or similar, um, you know, things that we do. Sure thing. So, uh, yeah, tracking the customer is is easy enough because either through Deco or through ShipStation, as soon as it sells, if there's an email attached to that order that they put on there, the, it'll send tracking to them and let them know mm-hmm. that their order has shipped, uh, which is awesome. Um, there are some instances with manual orders and stuff. You have to kind of send it to them um, manually, which isn't hard to do. Mm-hmm. Returns and refunds is, is interesting as a print-on-demand company that's only printing what sells, um, we we oftentimes from our clients, um, not to say that not talking about Amazon um, and, and those kind of places, but um, we don't really, like the people on Deco, we don't do a lot of returns because we don't really have a need for that shirt anymore. Mm. Um, yeah. So if they want to return it, it's like, well, well, we'll give you a refund. If you don't want it, if it's within 30 days, but we don't really need that shirt again. Return, returnless refunds, basically, is what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, and so, or if they if they need to, hey, you know, if, if it was our mistake, hey, or like uh, with with one of our clients, they ordered a, a Texas T-shirt. Well, the Texas one that they ordered, the design was slightly different. They ordered the Longhorn design, not the state outline design. So it's like, okay, that was our bad. We will, we'll replace it for you. We'll send you the correct shirt. But mm-hmm. keep the bad one. We don't need sure. It. We don't need yeah. that anymore. It's 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 just not cost effective to send you a return label and then we're sitting with a shirt that we don't ever know if it's gonna if it sells again. Great. If not, what do we do with it? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, refunds we do. You know, within within thirty days, uh, especially if it was there's a hole in my shirt or it arrived damaged or that looks like it looks like it's scorched or whatever. Then sure, refund and then we'll replace. But we don't do a lot of returns. Um, again, mm-hmm. just because the business model doesn't really um, lend itself to a, a return. If it was hard goods that we had in stock that, like you know, we sold a lot of, what have you, it's yeah. a little bit different. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But but what we're doing now, just re- refund returns aren't really needed. But uh, how about you guys? Do you guys is it similar? I assume since you guys are doing the print mm-hmm. thing too, that returns aren't really needed, but refunds, of course, you offer within a certain timeline. Timeline. And meeting certain criteria, yeah, it's 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 the same um, basic basic stuff that you're talking about. Um, Amazon recently in- introduced a um, where they automatic authorizations on returns. It used to be when they would send, you know, they would say, "Hey, I want to return this mug," or you know, it's damaged or whatever. They would request an authorization, and then I'd have to go in and manually approve it or disapprove. So before I would approve it, I would answer the email and say, "Oh, we're so sorry. You obviously don't need to return this. It's broken. We don't need it. Right. Um, you know, we're happily going to re- replace that." Or we'll give you a refund. Let us know what you choose. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, half of them would say, "Send me another one," and half of them would say, "Just give me a refund." Um, but that avoided us, you know, having to pay for return shipping. Similar to you, now right. it, I don't like the way Amazon does it now because if I don't see that automatic return authorization, I may get back a broken mug or a shirt <laughs> that you know I don't care about it, and I yeah. actually pay for that return shipping. I'm like, why do I want a broken mug? There's absolutely yeah. no reason. And then they're going to debit the the refund, so it's like a double. Double doink. Double, double whammy. Yeah, double doink. <laughs> <laughs> it's a double whammy, you know. So um, so that's on Amazon. Uh, so most of the time, we, you know, I have certain templates that are uh, for, hey, where is my item? It hasn't showed up. But, you know, I go check the tracking and it's delivered. I have a template for that. You know, hey, you need to check with your apartment manager if you have an apartment ask if anyone else received it in the household you know right. check with your tra- your postal service talk to your delivery carrier uh, you know it's a basically a template that i send and then i just wait to hear from them and see uh, honestly probably i would say on those you know i mean there's we're obviously seeing more porch pirates these days but i would say probably 80% of the people that say hey where's my stuff and it and it and the tracking shows it it was delivered 80% of the time they find it 
and they're like, oh, hey, I found this, you know, my neighbor picked it up and, <laughs> you know, got it, gave it to me. Or, you know, it was, it was in my apartment manager's, you know, place or whatever. Yeah. Um, so most of the time that's what's going on. And so having those templates handy is, is, is kind of a pro tip, I think. So you're not typing out the same information every single time. You just copy and paste you know, some basic details from the order. Like, is this right. your order number? Is this your actual shipping address? Is the, sure. And here's your tracking when you can't, you know, yeah. and then you're just sending that off to them. Um, you know, the other pro tip I think is like outsourcing that <laughs> if you can, um, right. if you do have a lot of, um, things going on with, uh, you know, on, on different channels, specifically to Amazon and Walmart, I get a lot of questions and things like that. Um, you guys, um, I know you do sell on on Amazon and Walmart, but yeah. most of your sales are more like you're not talking to the end customer about that. You're talking to the one who sold it to the end customer, and so that would be more of your customer service, I would think, right. than what I'm talking about with the channels and the actual end customers emailing me directly. Right. Yeah. So, well, we, a lot of times I work with our our clients that are sometimes middlemen, like you're saying, like, Hey, this person has a question. The thing with deco network though, if there's a question that is, is thrown, like, where's my stuff to a store that one of our clients has, uh, I'm copied on it automatically. So I can actually go in and say, Hey, sorry about that here. You know, this is where the tracking, this is what the tracking says. Um, yep. or Hey, I, my shirt arrived with a hole in it. I intercept a lot of those cause I'm copied just from the system settings. So I mm-hmm. can answer directly to the end user a lot of times. Um, gotcha. But with regards to people off of Deco, like our Etsy clients or our Shopify um, clients, they will reach out to me and say, hey, uh, this person has a question about where this is at, or I'm getting asked about the, the the ETA on this package. Can we check the tracking? Can you look into this for me? That kind of thing. And mm-hmm. uh, so it, it's a mixed bag of both, um, but depending on the platform that it's coming from, I guess. Um with be a deco where I talk more directly to end users or off deco where it's more, um, talking to the the client as the middleman for lack of a better. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I I think obviously the, the goal, um, probably for most fulfillment centers should be to ultimately, ultimately eventually outsource as much customer service as you can. Yeah. Cause a lot of it is kind of templated, copy and paste stuff that pretty much anyone could do. It's just taking the time to put those templates together and train someone. If this happens, then do this. If this happens, do the other thing. And if you can't figure it out, email me. Yeah. If they need (laughs) tracking, go find it here. If the shirt's damaged, send me an email. You know, they are put a new order in ship station or something like that. Um, exactly. To where it's just automated. So yeah, that's again, it's it's in, it can be time intensive up front to make those templates, but uh, it's a life and time saver on the yeah. back end, especially, you know, during Q4 and you're moving a lot mm-hmm. of volume and an email comes in that you might miss cuz you're on the production floor or you're trying to get something done um for yeah. a client or or what have you and there's so many fires to put out, the more people you can recruit to be on your firefighting team the better. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we should have a a uh, uh an episode on virtual assistants. I was and just, you know, yeah, some... I was just going to say that, yeah, like let's talk about VAs and kind yeah. of peel back the curtain because a lot of people that I talk to I say VAs and they don't know if it's like a venereal a something, you know, like is, is this a, a weird something. club? <laughs> is it a venereal association? Because I don't want to be a part of it. Um, what is it? So yeah, I think we should. I think we should do one yeah. on VAs. Why they're yeah. why they're amazing. Why it's good for them. Why they love you know mm-hmm. working for for yeah. people like you and I and the people listening. So I think that's. A, I think we just came up with the our next podcast topic. I'm I'm totally down. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah. But it, um, Josiah, anything else on order flow management and kind of getting it in, getting the order in, and getting the product out, and getting it to a happy customer at the end? Man, no, I think you know this. This episode, I think, is has been more of a long form deep dive about this particular subject. Mm-hmm. I feel like we covered a lot of ground on it, which is good. Yeah. Um, something that needed to kind of be, like you said, talked about in depth. Um, but it's important just to get these things nailed down. There's always going to be hiccups. There's going to be stuff that 
doesn't work. It looks good on paper, practically implemented, doesn't really work that well flow-wise. So you're going to have to be flexible. You're going to have to pivot. Um, I think <laughs> we should make that a shirt for our show. Just pivot. <laughs> I don't think it's copyrighted. I don't think you can do that. We'll have to ask Ken, have him on the show when we launch it. <laughs> see what he says but yeah I, not not a whole lot other than when you're throwing that package against the wall and disgust just don't aim for anything expensive is all i'm saying don't hit a printer don't hit an employee just go for yeah. a blank wall that doesn't have glass next to it basically so uh travis anything from you as we kind of tie this uh episode up no, I think, uh, like you said, don't don't hit anybody because um, this time of year, you can sure feel like wanting to. Uh, yeah, and, it turned, it turned yeah. into a work, workman's comp issue pretty exactly pretty pretty quickly. I feel um, so. All right, well, with that, uh, we are going to wrap this episode up. Uh, one of I think just recording it. I think one of my favorite episodes that we've put out there so far. I'm interested to hear the feedback from you the listener so let us know as always what you think and uh you can find the podcast uh wherever you get your podcast google apple spotify uh go to print on demandcast.com uh, to find the show email travis or myself uh at info at print on let us know if there's something in your order flow that we didn't talk about something that's changed your life that we need to know about to share with you guys. Let us know. Um, you know, if you hit someone on accident with that package, let us know that too. Tell us a story. <laughs> Maybe we'll have it on the show. Um, but as always, rate on iTunes and please subscribe. Helps our analytics. Helps us get into uh, the right people's hands that need this information. So, with that, uh, for uh, Josiah, for Travis, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time right here on the Print On Demand cast. See ya. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next week. In a world where businesses everywhere are trying to make print-on-demand sales, one podcast goes above and beyond every week to bring the most POD-specific information there is. All to help save the day, every day. Don't succumb to the enemies of your print-on-demand business. Sign up today for the Print On Demand Cast VIP email at printondemandcast.com slash VIP. This time, it's for real.